Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to take it to another level? Because I know I am. And I've got Jake Stenziano here with me today. Jake, how are you, sir? I'm ready to take it to another level, man. Let's get this thing cranked up, all right? I love it, man. That's See, this is exactly why we have you on the show. You bring the energy. I knew you'd bring the energy. You'd also bring the wisdom. But I want to welcome back Elevate Nation because this is the show where we, you know, our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best are raising the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And this is a masterclass. We have a master here. You know, we're here to identify, you know, what are we doing to achieve uncommon results? You know, what are the purposeful outcomes we're seeking? You know, whether it's through real estate investing, but ultimately real estate investing is a vehicle for your life. And, you know, if you appreciate what we're doing, we would appreciate if you subscribe to our show, if you gave us a rating, you know, a review, we certainly appreciate everyone who has subscribed to the show. And while we do that, you know, I definitely want to go ahead and dive in, but I want to introduce Elevate Nation to Jake Stenziano. If you haven't heard of him, I mean, he's all over the place. I mean, come on, you're, you're living under a rock, first of all. But uh, Jake Stenziano is the best-selling author, author of Wheelbarrow Profits and the co-founder of jakeandgino.com the only multifamily real estate investment education company that teaches investors the three pillars of sound apartment investing, buy right, manage right, and finance right. Jake is also the founder and chief operating officer of Rand Property Management and the first property management company with a focus on modern affordability. As a creator of the multimedia multifamily investing framework, Wheelbarrow Profits, Jake is a leading expert on investing in the multifamily space and controls over 1,500 multifamily units and over, I mean, it's probably more than this, but $90 million in assets. Uh, you can yeah, we're, we're, we're just north of 100 now. So we got yeah, right. these, these things got to keep getting updated, I guess. I man. know. Well, you keep going, you're going too fast for us to keep up, man. That's, that's the yeah. biggest problem here. But, uh, you know, obviously there's much more to you as a person. And uh, we've got a, you know, a, a brief bio here and there's a lot to you. So, so tell the listeners a little bit about more about Jake Cinziano behind the bio. So you, I think you just mentioned like vehicle or machine and, and you got the, you got the wheels turning. It was funny because I was actually doing interviews this morning and it's just kind of how my brain works. I, I, I like people to, you know, go down a road and then we can kind of dive deep and, and dissect it a little bit. And what just came to mind when you, you brought up the word vehicle was, Every day we have to start the engine. I don't care if, you know, if I have a hundred million or a billion or three billion, you have to start the engine every day and not take anything for granted. And I think that's something that's really been resonating with me lately. Uh, it's, it's, you got to show up every day. You got to start the engine. Don't take anything for granted. Have a humble, you know, approach and outlook. And then to kind of pair with that whole vehicle analogy, I work every day to build a well-oiled machine. We were talking a little bit before we got on the show and it's, it's literally every day that, you know, we, we talk about our business outlook and that's education times action equals results. So you have to get educated in whatever you're going to do, but then so much of that equation is taking massive action to get to where you want to be. So putting that together, education times action equals results. Well, that's great. That, that's like your ticket to get into the game. That, that's, that's your past. You showed up. Okay, I got a deal done. That's what it took to get the deal done. After that, we really look at people, systems, and culture. Uh, you know, people are, especially real estate is, is such a team sport. So you got you to focus on people. And then, you know, looking at the, the systems piece of it, we, we signed up uh, earlier this year for some uh, coaching through scaling up. And we're really diving deep into that, looking at our business hard. And it's made a significant impact. You know, we we obviously have the education company, but we are also huge consumers of coaching, of education. I think in the last year and a half alone, Gino and I have invested over $300,000 into ourselves and into our businesses, you know, from coaching and mentorship programs. So I think that's tremendous. And, you know, the culture piece is big. Uh, next week, we're taking the entire team up to Nantahala for this major whitewater rafting event. Everyone's staying over. We have a private dinner, campfire, probably have a couple, you know, Coors Lights. We like to call them CL smoothies. But uh, it's going to be a great, you know, team building environment. We're going to have a, a very good time there. Uh, we just partnered recently with the Boys and Girls Club. We built a playground. 
Uh, we, we're looking to feed about 20,000 kids for Thanksgiving this year uh, as part of our whole RAND Cares initiative. So I think it all, it all really starts to come together. But after you get that first deal, uh, you know, people, systems, and culture, it's what I work, in, work on you know, day in and day out. So obviously you found your, your niche in real estate in terms of all of this. I mean, there's so much to really dissect in here. I mean, you talked about education times action equals results. And, and that's what I see a lot of times, you know, people who are trying to get in the business or they're trying to get into something, they're trying to become more, they soak themselves up with so much education. I love the fact that you match that with action. Um, because really what I've learned is that the best way to learn is by doing. I mean, I think you and I both connected so much on books and learning and and how to become more and how to how to equip yourself with the appropriate information. But um, taking action on that information is really the most important part because that's how you learn. That's how you get feedback. That's how you fail. And, um, you know, when you fail, you become better, you know. Um, but also, you talked about you, you've got to start the engine every single day. Um, one thing that I heard recently was, you know, it's like you've got to recreate yourself daily because, yes, you 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 put in work that now is, you know, showing up in your life and in your business in different ways and results. But also if you rest on your laurels, it's not going to be there for long. And so I love that thought. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how did you get to this point? I know that your background was in pharmaceutical sales and, and how did you find real estate and how did you ultimately get to a point where you were, you've become so relentless in what you've done? Um, so what, where did that drive come from? And was there a moment in time where you really just kind of drill on in the sand and said, I'm not going to achieve, you know, I'm not going to live a common life. I'm going to achieve a, you know, an uncommon life. Ah, uh, it's, it's really tough. Uh, so this is going to be very long winded. So stay with me folks, because we're, we're going to go back and then we're going to jump ahead a little bit here. It, it sounds silly, but I remember being probably eight years old. I'm sitting, and this is for the YouTube folks out there. I'm sitting at the table with my dad and I got this matchbook and, and we're sliding across the table. And any of you that played that football game before, where you kick it across, have the matchbook lands on the corner, you flip it up, it's a touchdown, and then you kick it, you know, and it's just a, it's, it's a fun game. But from an early age, my dad never, ever let me win at anything. And he would beat my ass day in and day out, whether we were playing Mario Brothers, Tecmo Bowl, or the little tabletop football game. And it just, I don't know if it, if it un, unleashed a extreme competitive nature within me, or it's just something that it's, it's who I am. It's my chemical makeup as a human being. But I remember, you know, going back and just, you know, it was, it was almost like just keep running into the wall and I'd maybe win one out of 10 games. I don't know where that came from, but it's, it's been instilled in me, you know, from an early age. Uh, I played, you know, quarterback in high school. I played quarterback in football. So just always rah, rah, let's bring the team together and, and kick some ass. I can't explain where that came from. I have no idea, but I'm very blessed and thankful that I have a very high motor. I have a shit ton of energy every day. I'm just inspired to get up earlier and earlier and get things done. So either thank God for that or thank my dad or however, or maybe it's a combination of both. I don't know where that came from. Uh, getting into the, you know, going back to the pharmaceutical days a little bit, I had some very good mentors. Uh, I, I'll go back to Dr. Neshawat, uh, who was a doctor I was calling on, and he was the last doctor in New York, in the territory that I was in, to actually retain his autonomy. And what do I mean by that? If you go back to 2007, 2008, there was the, the big healthcare reform. And basically what happened is all those, the private practice doctors got gobbled up by groups. Dr. Neshawat did not because he owned real estate from Florida all the way up the East Coast. So he was able to live a life on his own terms. And that really sat with me. And I'm saying all these doctors who used to be like the big ballers out there are now getting gobbled up by medical groups and turned into W-2 employees. And, and, and to see this whole thing unfold was kind of like, wow, these guys used to you know, show up when they wanted to live life on their own terms. And now they have to go work for these corporations. And I was like, what is going on here? And why is this guy different? And the reason he was different is because he owned real estate and lived off a of passive income. He still was a doctor because he wanted to be. He worked for the fire department because he wanted to. He did these things to give back because he was in control of his time. And that, that was like so eye-opening to me. So he started coaching me and he's saying, the thing that you need to do right now, because I live in an apartment, he said, you need to go buy a duplex, rent out the other half. He said, that's what I did when I got out of residency. So when he, he started, his wife was pissed about it. Didn't want to you know, be married to a doctor and live in a duplex, but that's what they did. And they started building up their real estate portfolio. Best advice I never took. So I just want to share that because I should have taken that advice. 
Anyways, fast forward, uh, I meet Gino at the restaurant because they're doing all my catering. I'm, I decide, hey, New York is crazy. I see, you know, Gino, his brother, my friends, they're all paying like $25,000, $40,000 in property taxes. New York's banging you for, you know, anywhere from between 7 to 10% in state income tax. And as a W-2 employee at that time, I look around and I'm saying, I could go to Florida. I could go to Tennessee, these places where there's no state income tax, property taxes are very low. I'm going to get an immediate $30,000, $40,000 raise just by taking a lateral transfer with my company. So I do that. And at the same time, I'm talking to Gino about real estate because I'm taking Dr. Neshawat's wisdom. I know Gino wants to get into multifamily. I'm very good friends just with the family. We start looking at deals in Knoxville at the time. We're seeing 30000 a door. And you know, I'm looking on LoopNet with Gino. I don't know what any of this stuff is. I just got a, I got a burning desire. And I want to you know, really take control of my destiny because the pharmaceutical company is telling me year in and year out, going through the healthcare reform, we're circling back now, go home. We're going to give you a call. Once we're done with that call, you'll know if you have a job or not for the next year. Wow. That's not a comfortable way to live your life. You know, for the folks out there, like that gets old quick. And I don't know how many of those, thank God, you know, I, I made it through all those, but that's not a good way to live your life. So I went, you know, through the ringer so many times on that. And, and thank, thankfully the, the real estate, you know, we got our first deal done. It took us 18 months. You know, six months later, we got another one done. Six months after that, we got another one done. So we just started knocking these deals out left and right. Fortunately, because I don't know, like eventually my number was going to get called. It was a numbers game. Some of it, you know, it was just luck of the draw. So, you know, it, uh, you know, fast forwarded that, that last piece a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think we, we committed, we, we stayed in our lane. I think the, the reason we were successful in the beginning was because Gina was sick of the restaurant. He was burned out. I was really uh, getting sick of the pharmaceutical game. We would go on these company retreats and you know, they'd send us to a hotel for a weekend to do a training. And I was like, that's when I'm going to get fired because I was like, always wanted to speak my mind. I'm like, I got great ideas. Let's do this. And they didn't want to hear that. It was just like conform, get in line, be a soldier. And I, I very much struggled with that. Not, not necessarily a great employee. Um, so that's where I thought I was eventually going to get canned, but I was able to leave on my own. Uh, but I think the reason we succeeded in the beginning, we, we have these three whys that Gino and I always talk about, because we always go back and analyze. We talk about the buy right, manage right, and finance right of wheelbarrow profits. And then we always like to look back and say, why were we successful? In the beginning, it was a burning desire for sure. I wanted to take control of my life. I wanted to you know, make sure that I'm providing as a male provider of my, my household. I want to take care of my family. So we, we picked the right vehicle early on and we wanted financial freedom. So there was, it was very, it was a lot of clarity between Gino and I. That's why we got in the game. The reason we succeeded is because from day one, we've treated multifamily as a business. A lot of folks get into it. Maybe it's a passive investment. I know I should be in real estate. Real estate sounds like a good idea. Oh, the real estate market's going up. It's all these, these things that are pushing people into it. This became my primary focus and I put, I put all my attention into it and I stayed in that lane. I did not look for, oh, Bitcoin's up today or, hey, maybe I should go do a fix and flip or, you know, maybe there's this stock that's really hot. It was laser focus on multifamily and when I diversified in multifamily, it meant I got another multifamily business or another multifamily asset. That was it. So it was, it was a strong commitment. We treated it as a business. So that's why we won. So... And the third piece to it was, okay, we built up a pretty large portfolio. We, we bought our first thousand units ourselves. We're set financially free. We, don't, we really don't need to do it anymore. There's plenty of cash flow coming in every month. But then we realized that the thing that was driving us now was we're building these communities. So we're improving the lives of others uh, by creating communities that allow people to become the best version of themselves. And that has really become our core purpose and, our, and, and what we're championing now because we're creating great lives for our residents that live within our, our RAND property management communities. We're creating great opportunities for our employees. Uh, we're going out and we're giving back, whether it's through a RAND CARES event. Um, we're creating great opportunities for our investors that are coming on board now, partnering with us in syndications. So that really is the main driver and fueling everything that we're doing. I don't know what I would do is if I was not working, I'd be driving my wife nuts and, and it would be creating too much turmoil at home. So I have to be active. I have to be moving. And uh, that's my story, man. Great show today. Peace and love, brother. I'll see you. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. No, I can relate to so much of this because yeah. I was like you, man. I was in the corporate world and I was like, man, this sucks. Honestly, I didn't have any time. I didn't have any money either because 
I mean, you don't have any leverage there. You're straight up trading your time for money. There's no ability of creating wealth unless you stick around for decades and decades and you get to the C-suite. And, you know, at that point, you're, 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 you're still getting taxed to the hilt in that type of position. So I can totally relate. But if you look back and it's like life happened for you, you know, it put you in a position to acquire that burning desire, it puts you in a position to really, you know, dig deep to your competitive nature and say, all right, well, this makes more sense for me. And you were able to pivot. Um, so I think that's, that's really, you know, such a great takeaway because so many people just, they just take what life gives them and they, you know, they tolerate it, you know, they crank it up every day. They, they plug in, you know, they get to their desk, they're there from nine to five. And when 501 hits, you better believe they're out the door. And when they get home, you know, they're, they're popping a couple of beers and, and, and watching their favorite sitcom. And it's like, they live this whole life that they tolerate when they don't realize that all they have to do is just face a little bit of fear and step right on, on the other side of that. And everything for the taking is, is there. And um, the other thing, too, I want to just mention, I feel like you, you're in this boat. And so many people who have that job, they feel like it's secure, but it's really not. I mean, at any time, your employer can call you and say, hey, you know, we'll, we're going to decide if you're sticking around tomorrow. It's like the call that you got. I mean, I don't feel like a lot of people get that call, but that discussion is being had all the time. And so if you can take your control of yourself with, you know, with real estate and you know, developing your team, developing your systems, developing your own philosophies, your whys, like Jake is talking about here. I mean, it's huge. So, um, so that's, there's a ton of wisdom there. I, I highly recommend you to go back and, and, and replay exactly what Jake's talking about here. But, but Jake, I want to fast forward um, a little bit here. Can I say um, something real quick before your yeah, question? Please, of course. So you brought up a, a great quote from Jay-Z and it's like, you hit the fork in the road and you go straight. So that's, think about that a lot of times. It's that fear that you just got to pound through to get to where you want to go. And, and I just want to go back to my days when I was in pharma, because we would literally be at these meetings and I'd be like, oh, oh, my hand's coming up. I got, an, I got something. What if we did it like this? And I, I couldn't, and it, I finally got beat down so much that it was demoralizing because I was like, well, what if we tried it like this? And I had so many ideas and I was so eager to take the business to the next level, but it was just going through such a transformation. They didn't, I was not a good fit for them any longer. When I first got into it, it was let's, Let's get out there. Let's make it happen. We're going to kick down doors. So it was a great environment for the first year. Introduce healthcare reform. It's no longer the same thing. And it became a very toxic environment for someone that wants to push it and really get out there and, and just, you know, succeed and, and create. It, it just became a terrible environment for me. So it was no longer a good fit. So I was able to fortunately get out of it. But most people never question that though. They just accept it. They get beat down five or six times and then they just, they're trained to be that way and they go in the corner and they put their tail between their legs and they never question it I for the next terrible fit. Years. Yeah. Can you imagine? I <laughs> yeah, can't I, I imagine. Lived it, so. But, but people have got to realize that, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't as have as much gusto as you do or, or many others that we associate with. So I think people have got to step up and realize, look, you got to have some courage here because if not, I mean, your, your life is going to pass before your eyes. You get one shot at this, folks. Exactly. Exactly. It's huge. So, um, so let me fast forward a little bit, man. So, um, so tell me about, um, I mean, you guys, like you, you, you told me, you know, you're cranking up the engine every single day. You're, you're restarting this machine, this vehicle every single day. So tell me about what's, a, uh, you know, what's an example of how you've raised the bar recently in your business. Yeah, so we've, we've taken on two pretty big uh, business initiatives. So the first one, well, I mean, we've, we've added multiple companies over the years, and, and every year it seems like we're adding a new company. But, um, you know, in the last year we have a, we have a book coming out. Uh, it's The Honeybee. It's a really cool a parable that Gino and I wrote. Uh, that's coming out in the middle of October. Um, alongside our event, we have Multifamily Mastery 3. I think you're going to be there, right? Unfortunately, I can't make it, but I. Oh, I you're breaking it. my heart, man. I know, I know. You're breaking my heart. I know a lot of people so, who will be there, though. Yeah, so Multifamily Mastery 3, we got a, a really cool thing going. So, a few of the events and just and, and new initiatives that we have coming out. But, um, you know, so we, we, we were having a discussion. Uh, we, we go up to the Biltmore every year for this, something we call President's Club. So, the, the top performing office, we take them on a retreat, all expenses paid, uh, spa service, just, you know, the best food and dining. It's just it's a great time. We're riding the, the grounds. And so, you know, we try not to get too much into the business, but, you know, a few things came out that, you know, we were just getting, we felt like we were not executing well enough. So, we were touching on a minute ago that we brought on the, the scaling up coaches. So, that's a major investment into the business. And so, we're pushing it in the fact that, we're doing great with our people. We have really great folks on the team. Uh, we're doing great with the strategy. We believe that our blue ocean, our, our 
a place that we're not going to have to compete with people is having an extremely high level of customer service. We look at it and say, in the CMB apartment space where we primarily operate, there's a lack of customer service. And if we can take our net promoter score to 75 or greater, and this is something that came out of our coaching, we take our net promoter score it's a 75 or better. That's competing with companies like, like Apple. Okay. That's the, that's the kind of net promoter score they get. We're not competing with anybody. Okay. We're not going to be competing with anybody that's coming in because we have such a high level of customer service. We have such a great customer experience in the CMB apartment space that that is going to allow us to get a, a good affordable rent for what we're offering. Similar to Chick-fil-A. I always talk about, we want to be the Chick-fil-A of apartments. Look, we're going to seven, $8 sandwich, but people are going to love to come back to us. And there's going to be a line out in the street at lunchtime. So that's what we're trying to create. Definitely not there yet, but that's what we show up every day and work hard for. So we brought on, you know, we brought on some coaches for this and we're working very hard because what we found is we needed a bigger back office and that's where the sludge was coming in. We're trying to implement these things. We have really good, you know, field teams. We have something we call a CapEx crew, in-house renovation crew, but we weren't executing because our back office was, was too small. So now we've been expanding our back office for the last few months, moving some pieces around, bringing some new folks on because the piece that we we're struggling with, with was not the cash, not the strategy, not the people, but it was their fourth leg, which was the execution. And we realized we were just literally short on, uh, on A players and didn't have enough resources at the time. So that's a pretty major initiative that we're going through this year. And we've, we also adopted a, um, the highest package that you can get from ADP, uh, which was a pretty significant investment. I think it was an additional like 20 grand that we put into our business. So that will help with our hiring. So we're getting, you know, it, it, if you look at the economy right now, more people are employed than like the last 60 years. So you really got to compete to bring good folks on. And I think if you look at, you know, our family of companies, we're running 60 some odd employees right now. So we really want to be bringing on eight players. So we have our own landing page for ADP. It's, it's everything is stored in the cloud now. So when you, you log on and you're signing up for your W2 and all this stuff, it's all, you know, this is boring back end stuff, but this is stuff that we're putting back into the business to make sure that we're running a professional, well-oiled machine. So I love how I ask how is one, one example of how you raised the bar recently and you give me like six. I mean, come well, on. Well, I just like, what do we, you know, we, we can talk about some more, but I want to like <laughs> try to make sure that I'm giving a, a complete answer for you. No, here, no, so. no, no. I'm, 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 I'm kidding, of course, but yeah. I love the thought of the blue ocean. You, you don't need to compete against anyone. You know, this is what elevates all about. You elevate above the competition, elevate above the people who are, you know, bottom feeders. I mean, there's so many of these people who are out there claiming to be multifamily real estate investors or, or in so many different business. So creating the, you know, the experience of the Chick-fil-A, I mean, look, when someone says my pleasure, that's a pattern interrupt instead of you're welcome. I mean, it's a very simple process, but if you treat people with respect, if you go above and beyond, you go the extra mile, you know, that is the way to really kind of rise above the competition. And, and, and obviously, you know, the boring things are, are key in business too. I mean, you've got to have your systems, you've got to have your processes for attracting talent, uh, or, or what have you. So, uh, and also, one of the, well, one of the new positions that we're working on right now is, is based all around quality control, because one of the big things that we look at is how, how good does your website look? That's the first touch. How good does your signage and your landscaping look when you come in? Does the, does the representative at the desk get up, greet you with a smile and ask you, Hey, do you want a root beer? How can I help you today? You know, it's so it's like that kind of stuff that the, the quality control is even being ramped up more within our, within our organization. So, yeah. Well, and the, I mean, the biggest, like, I guess the core concept of all of this is reinvesting in your business. I mm -hmm. mean, reinvesting in, you know, you're scaling up coaching, reinvesting in new content, you know, the book that's coming out, the honeybee, you know, all of these different things, quality control. I mean, most operators are not investing in those type of items, but you're thinking about how can you go the extra mile. So it's a great takeaway for Elevate Nation because most people, you know, a lot of people try to cut corners and yes, you might win the short term battle that way. You might reduce your expenses, but this is a long game, especially real estate. It's a very, very long game. So I respect you very much for that. I so, mean, yeah, I mean, even even like I came in flying in here on two wheels because I was on a property just before this. So it's like, yeah. it, it's it's like I still enjoy like maybe, you know, I, I get too much of what is the, we like to refer to as the I'm a mentality. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do everything. That's how we started. I was cutting lawns, guys. Like our first 25 unit, I, I bought a lawnmower to cut. And it was like, I didn't understand scale enough at that point. I shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. I'm not saying do it, but I'm also very engaged and was just on a property you know, within the last hour or so. 
we have to start somewhere and that's a it's a really actually it's a great segue because my i really i'm curious to know at this point i mean Mm -hmm. you guys have got opportunities pouring in left and right whether it's a a deal or a new business or i mentioned you mentioned earlier you know you've got to be laser focused um but how do you say no i mean what how do you you have a process for how do you evaluate opportunities or or what's what do you go through yeah, it's I, I I don't necessarily have a process other than that I will let it sit for a little bit and evaluate it. Like you know, for some things you definitely try to put, um, you know, for for example, if we're going to do a deal, we're going to self manage it because we're vertically integrated. So we're going to look at about a five hour radius around Knoxville. So we're we're hitting most of uh, Tennessee. We're hitting North Carolina, South Carolina. Chattanooga, uh, Georgia, uh, we get down in Alabama. Uh, so there's like, there's a lot of opportunity. We, we pretty much operate in the SEC. So that's, that's one thing that we put in place. Uh, we do have parameters though. It's, it's, when we talk about the buy rate, there's, there's certain cash on cash parameters that we're looking for on the front end. If we're going to buy a deal, we like to buy deals that cash flow from day one that we can force appreciation for tomorrow. Uh, we, we have bought, you know, we, we bought a deal in December in Knoxville. It was extremely hairy. It was $20,000 a door and we're renovating that. That's not a typical syndication deal because it's going to go sideways 15 times before we get, we'll get it to where it needs to be, but it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a challenge. So on the, on the primary investments like that for the syndicated deals, we like stuff that's in the cash flow from day, day one. We like long-term fixed rate debt. So there's definitely parameters that if, Hey, it checks these boxes, we're moving forward on. Um, you know, we're probably like right now we have, like I said, talked about with syndication company, with the education company, the property management, uh, and, and the mortgage brokerage, we're, we're just, we have enough in front of us right now that I'm probably not looking to take on any more entities or, or new businesses. They're all based around multifamily. Mm-hmm. Um, but just recently, uh, my partner Dylan, uh, did a deal up in West Virginia and it, it, it didn't fit into that box. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't something we were going to self-manage. Uh, it was, it was too far away. I think it was 60 some odd units. I think it's going to be a great deal. I think they're going to do really well with it, but it, it didn't necessarily fit into what I'm looking for. So, you know, he was pushing me forward on a while. I was like, come on, man, I want to get you in on this, but you know, it just, it's one of those things where that's the, that's the kind of thing that I had to say no to. So yeah, it's sticking to your criteria, right? I mean, not yeah. everything works. Just be, I had this, I had this question recently. It's like, well, you know, why don't you buy every deal? And it's like, well, I, of course I invest in real estate, but I can't buy every deal. And not every deal makes sense for me. Just because it doesn't make sense for me doesn't mean it's not going to fit your parameters or your outcome. So um, I Plus love you find you, you find like a, a niche, you know, we, we have certain deals that, that we just like to do. We're not, we don't like to buy at the higher end and then try to force more, more higher end, you know, mm-hmm. because because really our, our strategy is we believe there's, there's a larger pool of people that are going to be in, say, this, the seven to $900 price range, given on your market. I mean, that's depending on where you are. But we're looking, we like the C&B class space where there's going to be a lot of uh, folks that are, you know, we're, we're next to Denso in, uh, in Blount County, Tennessee, for example, about 3,000 employer. They make uh, parts for Toyota it's we're, we're like Denzo apartments over there. Everyone comes over from Denzo. They, they rent with us. They're probably, you know, between seven fifty and $800 a month. Everyone makes $16 an hour there. That's the kind of setup that we love. Um, you know, I don't necessarily love a, a C class, you know, a seventies build that has already been put $10,000 a door into it. And we think if we do this one little tweak, we can get it from a thousand to 1050. That's not necessarily our play. That's not mm-hmm. necessarily what we're looking for. So. So tell me about Jake Stenziano, you know, the, the, you know, the habitual person behind all of this. Tell me about some habits that are, um, you know, key for you that set you up for success. Yeah, extremely disciplined. Uh, everyone picks on me. So I got this thing that I've been doing for years called the coach's sheet. And, and I have everything like time blocked on this by the day. I write down some, you know, goals at the top. I'll share some of these silly little things, but you know, we're, we're on our way to, you know, a billion dollars in assets under management. I want to become the Chick-fil-A of apartments. So I'm writing these things down every day on this cardstock. I've had this same type of cardstock with me going back to, I would say 2007 and it would sit next to me and I would have all the doctors that I would go see, you know, next to it. This was, it was like my, my routing for pharmaceuticals. I have different goals in the back of it, but this dictates my day. So I wake up, I'm usually, I, I'm at this desk right here for the folks on YouTube uh, at about 6 a.m. Uh, on, on Mondays, I'm meditating. 
uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I'm meditating the first thing in the morning on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I actually do um, like, like different cognitive uh, brain test things. So I go on and, you know, you do these different like games on there and whatnot. Um, you know, usually hitting a coffee, some electrolytes in the morning, maybe like a little vitamin D3 and fish oil. Uh, so that's, that's kind of getting the morning kicked off. Um, from that point, um, after that, uh, on here, I'm usually stretching, getting a workout in three days a week. I'm doing cardio, uh, and I'm hitting, it, it's weird how I do audible, but I, I have uh, three different audible books going usually, and I have a timer going and I'll usually, it's just kind of, maybe I'm a little sporadic, but I, I usually hit three books in the morning, whether it's from the summit five minutes, if it's a shorter one, maybe 10 minutes, depending on what I'm doing with it. Uh, and then trying to get, um, trying to get a little social media in when I can, you know, I just, uh, we have folks that post a lot on our, our regular accounts, but I'm actually in control of my own social media accounts. So I'll usually throw a few things up there and then, uh, and from there kind of diving into the day. So it's usually about you know two hours of just working on myself in the morning. And then, uh, from that point, you know, whether we're doing our level 10 meetings, like my, my day right now typically is a lot of coaching and it's, 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 it's businesses, you know, systems and work on the business coaching our employees. Uh, I have level 10 meetings, you know, uh, every week with the, you know, different property managers, regional managers, uh, folks from the Jake and Gino team, folks from the Rand partners team, folks from Rand capital. And so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of business planning, you know, strategy going on, uh, reviewing deals and, and things like that. And I love to get out as much as I can and actually get on site. That's what I probably enjoy the most every week. So. I love it. Your whole, your whole life and your whole business is all about uh, habits. I mean, it sounds like, and no, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Like this is, this yeah. is probably, this thing is silly, but it, it probably more so than anything that this just relentless discipline and knowing exactly where I'm going. Because I found that if I, if I'm very disciplined, I know the times that going back to even the pharmaceutical days, knowing the right times to see these doctors, time slotting them, I'm going to get more done. I'm going to get more calls in. I'm going to outpace my competition. And it's like, I just follow the, you don't got to think. I wake I up, I look at it the night before and there's something there too, because I think it gets into your subconscious. And the next day I just follow the yellow brick road. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then, and then I'll do, I'll, I'll try to, you know, really contribute the most to whatever if I'm here with you today, or if you know, I have a meeting after this, just try to contribute the most that I can to it. So. Well, and it's like, I mean, I read the book uh, earlier this year, actually, Getting Things Done by David Allen, which is a phenomenal book. And actually, I want to come back to the level 10 meetings because I think you're talking about traction, right? Talking we got that traction. from traction, correct. Yes. So this is a phenomenal book, but also getting things done. What he talks about is if you get the things out of your head that you're trying to remember, oh, wait a minute, I got to do this. I got to have this meeting. I got to do this research. And But if you can get it out of your head and you can build systems, you can build habits, you, you get your mind like water. So then you can be the most creative that you can be. And you don't have to worry about thinking about it. You can become your greatest self, you know? So that's exactly what you're doing here. Um, so but, check this out. You yeah. know how I, was I talked about doing those the, the testing um, yeah. on Tuesdays and Thursdays? So I score the worst when it comes to memorization. <laughs> like the, the creativity and some of this other stuff, I, I crush it. And I'm like in the 90th percentile, the, the, uh, the memorization, I'm like 60. And I, but I don't need it though. Your mind wasn't built to store yeah. information. We have so yeah. many resources and tools to do that for us. That's, what, that's not what your mind is for. Most people are trying to remember their to-do list in their brain. And then they're just fumbling all over themselves because they can't remember. This takes me an hour every Sunday minimum. Yes. And it's the best, it's the best use of my time every week. And I, I have a few sources that I like, I pull from my calendar, I, I pull from Zoom. Uh, and, and then I actually have notes on the back of this for stuff that they got missed. So I have these, these few data sources that I pull and then I, I time slot it appropriately. It, it a lot easier, man. It makes life yeah. a lot easier to know where you're going. Yeah, I do a, a weekly impact list on Sundays. It takes me 30 minutes. I go through everything. I've got like a, a Microsoft OneNote or whatever. And you go through, and it's like each section of your life, whatever, whatever part of your business, it's like, all right, well, what do we need to move forward? What's the next action for this? What's the next action for this? What do I need to get scheduled this week? What leverage do I need? Who do I need to bring in as part of this? So yeah, I mean, it's all about planning. But if you, you know, most people aren't willing to do, well, I, you know, my Saturday, my Sundays for me to relax and do whatever. It's like, okay, well, that you're going to be spinning your wheels the whole rest of the week. So um, no one's up in my house Sunday mornings, but me anyways, what am I going to do myself? Yeah, so. exactly. I get bored. Um, so tell me, this what's is that? actually real quick, funny story behind yeah. this. So Gino yeah. told me that the reason that he was interested in, in speak, cause I was friends with his brother, his brother and I used to go to Yankee games and everything. He said, the reason that he was interested in getting to know me in the beginning, I was the only rep that came into their restaurant 
and I would have my entire month planned out and I would say, Hey, the lunches that we're doing this month, let's get them on the calendar. So we're prepared and booked. And he was just like really surprised by that. Cause a lot of the, the people would call him like an hour or two before the lunch. Hey, I need this and this and this. And it was always this, you know, like fire drill. And it became like, they can't serve these people as, as you know, well as they wanted to when it's rush, rush, rush. Cause it, it takes drivers. You got to book the drivers, make sure that you know where the routes are going time to prepare the food. So it's not this, you know, willy nilly, we'll just throw it together and, and, you know, get it done thing. So that was, it kind of actually led to uh, the real estate business, believe it or not. I mean, most people don't plan. I mean, you see that all the time where it's like, and especially in real estate, I see it all the time, last minute stuff. It's like, hello, we've had months to be able to, you know, prepare for whatever it is. Oh my God, on your side, you know, closing a deal. Because listen, Ridiculous. when you're dealing with the agencies too, and, and, and folks that have not had a lot of, you know, experience dealing with Fannie and Freddie, you have to have your shit together because they, yes. they're going to ask you for, uh, you know, a list. We did three refis once and I'll sit you now. There was 150 blank pages that I just go in and sign. Okay. I mean, this is, and they're like, well, it's all online, right? But it's, the point is you have to have your shit together with these folks. If not, you know, Tyler is going to, you know, try to sell you a deal and be like, look, this guy does not have it together. He's not a closer. You got to step up and be ready to get this stuff done. So who are your role models? I mean, cause you're getting a lot of this information, obviously from other people, and oh, you've been sure. able to put your own spin on it. I mean, you can't, you're not creating the wheel across, you know, everything here. No, I'm who, looking for, I'm looking for models. other people that have been successful. Yeah. And then, yeah, how can I utilize that in our multifamily business? Mm-hmm. Just like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is a role model of mine. That company I'm in awe of that they, they have minimum wage or $15 an hour workers or whatever that are able to process that many vehicles at lunch, provide good service with a good attitude. So I love Chick-fil-A's business model, number one. Uh, number two, I love Ayn Rand, who's no longer with us, but I, I'm such a huge fan of Atlas Shrugged, Fountainhead, uh, phenomenal. Don't waste your time in the movies. Take the time, read the books. That's where it's at. And, and uh, really, uh, Ray Dalio, uh, his book, Principles, I've gone through it three times, just like I've, I've gone through Atlas Shrugged three times. One thing that you, you'll find with me is that I become a, you know, a creature of habit like we've been talking about. And if I find something like Atlas Shrugged or Principles, I may go through it three to five times because every time I go through it, it's, it's literally getting beat into my head. Like it takes some time. I told you my memorization is not the greatest and I'll find nuggets every time versus going off and reading another book. That's going to have much lower value. I'd rather kind of operate my time and really get the lessons beat into me. than you know, I'll go because that's what I'm doing. I'm training. I'm not doing it necessarily for enjoyment. I'm doing it to get better in life and create a phenomenal uh, life of abundance for myself and my family. That that's the goal here. That's what we're trying to achieve. Uh, so there's that. And then, uh, just, you know, obviously like Steve jobs, um, the book that, uh, you know, uh, Walter Isaacson did, uh, so good. Holy shit, man. That, that I, that I truly enjoyed. I mean, that was, that was badass. So, um, you know, I love Arnold, you know, you know, the, 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 the governor, you know, he had, um, he had another one, good one, you know, the, oh, yeah. uh, some, some of the ones I love the most are the autobiographies. Cause I think you, you get to just really take a deep dive into, you know, what, what really happened. So. Yeah. And one thing I love about biographies is you. Did I mention any real estate books there? You did. I don't think so. Because guys, that's what I'm saying. It's a business. You got to treat it like a business. That's I think the the key takeaway here. Well, and and innovation is taking ideas from different industries and bringing them in. I mean, like you're talking about, I want to be the Chick-fil-A of apartments. That's an innovative thought, you know, but that's, that's what the greatest thinkers in history have done. Like I just read Leonardo da Vinci's biography and he was a, he's known as a, you know, one of the most famous painters of all time, but he was a scientist. He was a, you know, anatomist. He was a, you know, he was an engineer. I mean, all these things, but he created so many, you know, new things that we still use hundreds and hundreds of years later. And we're still kind of dissecting and, and unpacking everything, all of his genius, you know. Um, but also the thing I love about biographies is that you learn about their failures. You learn about, you know, things that, you know, necessarily didn't work out the way that they wanted it to. But ultimately, they still were able to become world changers. They're still able to be, you know, people who are written about, you know, in books. And, and so I'm curious to know what are your, you know, what's one failure that has really kind of led to a later success that maybe will be written in your biography one day? One failure. So I think one failure that we're going through and trying to correct right now is that early on, uh, you know, probably in the last few years, it, it took, I was too slow to adapt and scale. And that's why we have such a emphasis on it right now. I was, again, it's that I'm a mentality. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do everything. You know, even going back, um, Jim Clayton, um, gentleman that sold his uh, company to Warren Buffett, uh, years ago, uh, Clayton Holmes, he actually had a bank after he, he did the deal with Buffett. 
And he was uh, going around with me one day because he was financing a 150-unit deal for us here in Knoxville. We were actually doing community bank financing. And I'm sitting there having lunch with him and the broker at the time. And I said to him, I said, look, whatever, if the checks need to be taken to the office, I'm sitting here right across the table looking at him, getting real serious. Checks got to be taken to the office, to the bank. I'm going to do it. If, if something needs to be done, whatever it takes, you know, I'm going to be the guy to do it. And he said, he said, I love that. And, and, and I, I appreciate you. We're going to do this deal, but you got to learn to scale. I said, you're not, you're only going to be able to go so far. And that's, that's when the, the kind of light bulb clicked with me and, and we put more of a focus and attention on it. But I think, you know, a failure that I had is we, we have a, like one of the best, you know, I don't even know what her title is, you know, VP, regional manager, whatever, Jennifer, the, the person that's on our team that really works side by side with me on the property management end. She's like, we, we have to do something. And that's why, you know, earlier in this year, we had this big discussion and she's like, we're not executing. We're getting, there's too much sludge. We're not processing things enough. And I was, and I, I was not, I didn't have a good enough awareness of that. And I think like, for example, if, if she would have said, this is too much, this is too overwhelming, I'm out, that would have been a huge disaster for, and it would have set us back. So I think dodged a bullet there, you know, thank God. Um, but I think it's just been a, you know, too much. And again, I'm talking about we're all in a systems and we are, but sometimes I still am too slow to realize when we need things. So I got to be, you know, sharper and quicker to implement and, and grow. I, Cause I think that's constantly been a theme that's held us back a little bit because keep in mind, we have very lofty goals and acquisitions and things, but we have to be able to scale our property management alongside the syndication as we grow. And it can be, you know, very challenging. We're operating about 1600 units right now. And so, you know, if, if say we get a 500 unit deal, we're going to be able to take it down, but you know, it's you got to get the property management behind it and you got to, you know, get the people hired. So it's, it's a lot. Yeah. And it's like, you, you need to build the infrastructure before mm -hmm. you've got, you know, additional resources um, sometimes. So it's a leap of faith, you know, so I, to I totally understand. So what, you know, with that, I mean, there, that's, there's a little bit of a discomfort in terms of scaling, you know, and, yeah. and I know that that's where you are right now. So what is something, you know, other than, you know, just the general concept of scaling all of the systems that you have in your, in your business that you're inspired and uncomfortably working towards right now? What's a, what's a big goal that you're working towards? Uh, I think, I think for us right now, we really do. We're, we're trying to get the, that NPS score of 75 or greater. And so it started with, we use a third party company for training in house for, you know, training our maintenance folks and then training the property managers. But we, we realized that it wasn't going to be enough to get us to where we want to be. So we actually started our own in-house training where uh, uncle Sean or, our videographer has actually gone around with our maintenance uh, lead, Brandon, and we've actually shot three different levels of maintenance training. Uh, and that's going to, and we have that actually now it's in our, uh, what we use Kajabi for the Jake and Gina one. So we actually use uh, that training for our in-house crew and we're, we've actually rolled it out now to one of our, so it's actually just being implemented right now. It's very cool. And we're utilizing a YouTube app. So say if someone's having to, uh, change a compressor on an HVAC unit, they're looking at it and they have their, you know, their EPA certification, they're going through it and they can actually boom, that video's right there. And we have an in-house video showing them how to do it or how do you change a thermostat? We've actually done all these videos already and we're, we're in level one of rolling this out to the first office. And then from that point, once that maintenance piece is done, uh, we're going to be rolling out phase two, which is our in-house customer service program to get to that NPS score of 75 or greater. So that's like, if you ask what our BHAGs are, that's one of the BHAGs on our scaling up list. And I think that's, that's probably the one that's in my lane the most, because, you know, we have them on you know, the, the RAN cap side, have them on the, the RAN partner side and the Jake and Gino side, but that's, that's my day to day is running the, the property management. So that's where we're trying to get to with that. There's some golden nuggets there. So I definitely, if you're, if you're in the same boat of scaling, if you're going to get there one, at, at some point, you need to replay that. That's for sure. Um, there's no excuse, but to take ownership of this stuff. You know, if you're, if your employees or you know, the people you're associated with don't know how to do their job, you've got to take ownership of that. And if your third party training company isn't doing what it needs to do, then create it yourself. You know, there's so many resources. And it's a good start. We're probably going to stick with it because it's just additional resources, but you know, it definitely was not enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. So what's the overall driving force behind what you do, Jake? I really do think at this, remember we were talking before about, you know, it just uh, improving the lives of others, you know, by creating these communities that allow people to become the best version of themselves. That's what we really came together. And we put a lot of time and brainstorming into this. And, you know, it's because look, 
you know, love making money. It's great. Love for having a great life for my family. But it's, it's just these we found as a team, it's coming together and creating these great communities of people we want to work with. Gino jokes about it. It's like, you, you know, you got to pass the, the Gino smell test now when you're coming on board because we want to be working with folks that we like. It's, you know, you know Cameron Harold talked about like the, the beer test. Can we go out and have a beer together? You got to be able to do the job. You got to be able to work well with others, have good self-awareness, and then kind of come in and assimilate into our community. Uh, because it's we're trying to create the great community for the residents, the students, the people on board. And that's what's really giving us a fulfilled life these days. So I want to transition into the rare air questionnaire. This is kind of our rapid fire section. What what it really pew, means pew. Is, come on, we are we're we're talking about look, we we climbed Mount Everest, we're at the peak. Most people gave up hours ago. I mean, nope, nobody makes it as far as people in You gotta start the engine every day, bro. That's right. You never give up. And you also push past your limits. And so, you know, we talked a lot about books. You've told me a lot about, you know, some of the books that have been extremely impactful for you and you've got three going at any one time, but you've dove into so many books over and over again to be able to take every piece of wisdom out of it. One thing that, you know, I, I've learned is that every time you read a book, you get something different out of it. And I'm sure you have as well, but I'm curious to know what's the most impactful book that you've ever read and why? Yeah, it, it would definitely have to be Atlas Shrugged. I think the the reason being is that it, on so many levels, there's it's it's chock full of nuggets throughout the entire thing, uh, entire thing. But it's like it's it looks at objectivism, and and that you have to get contradictions out of your life, you know, and that and that one plus one equals two, okay, and that there's no there's no shortcuts in this stuff because people will try to. Uh, you know, push it off. It's his responsibility. It's, why is this not happening? They want to. They want to dictate. There's no dictating, okay, in this in this world. You can go ahead and be a dictator if you want, but the way we elevate people is we create these communities and we coach folks and we try to allow them to become the best version of themselves. This is not, you know, someone that at the point of a gun you do this at the point of a gun or a whip, okay? That's not. That's not. You know how we live our best and, and fullest life. So I think if if you commit to that book, get rid of the get rid of the notion that. This is, there's something religious about this or there's something political. That's all bullshit. Take the book for what it is and the values that are within it. And then, you know, you do you and, and you, know, you know, find out for yourself what, what, you know, you think is real. So I love it. What's the, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, some of these concepts, but other than what we've talked about, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? The biggest way I elevate my life on a daily basis is surrounding myself with A players. Uh, because I think the quickest thing, the, the flip side to that is, you know, one of our core values is having a growth mindset. That really ties into open-mindedness. Open -mindedness. You want to talk about a soul sucker. You get an employee on the team that is rigid, that does not have a growth mindset, that does not want to work towards the common goal. That shit will kill you. Okay, so you gotta you gotta have a team around you that's moving towards the same goal. People ask us all the time, you know, Jake and Gina, what creates a, a great partnership? Well, well, number one, you have to have similar goals, okay, and you have to have a similar moral compass and, and know where you're going. If Gina wanted to fix and flip, and I wanted to do multifamily, that's not going to work. So you have to have you know everybody on the on the ship beating the same drum. But that growth mindset piece is huge. If someone's not getting back to you, they're not being responsive with an email, or they're being rigid and saying, look. I don't, I just don't want to do it that way. Just, you got it. You got to part ways. You got to move on because that, that shit will hold you back more than anything. I'd rather take somebody from a restaurant and we've done this time and time again, that comes over that shows that they know customer service. I don't, I don't give a shit if they know how to property manage. I don't care if they know how to use the software, but if you have that correct attitude and you're willing to serve others and you want to grow as a human being, come get on the ship, come jump on board the RAND fam and we'll, and we'll, we'll teach you the rest because that is more valuable than, than someone that can get on board and say, Oh yes, I know how to use this little software program. And, and I've been trained this way in you know, robot D, 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 but you know, don't tell me what to do or, you know, and it's not, and it's, again, it's coaching. It's not, don't tell me what to do, but Hey, if, if we're doing it this way, we're going to, cause we've seen success with it and they, they're giving that pushback. Well, I've done it this way in the past. I don't want to do it like that. That, that will wear you down. So you got to get the right folks on the ship. When it requires humility too to surround yourself with a players, because a lot of times it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, are they going to be smarter than me? Are they going to seem better than me? And, you know, I think you have to get past that. A lot of people, I think even Steve jobs even talked about that. It's like, I don't, you know, I don't hire people and tell them what to do. I hire people so they can tell me what to do or, you know, they can help me, you know, create distinctions and identify where our opportunities are. 
and, you know, be coachable as well. But how do you, what's the best way that you or the top way that you elevate others around you? I know you do so many different So this ties, no, but this ties into to your yep. last question is yep. that I've actually been, and this is, this is just recently, I've actually attempted to speak less in our meetings and take a little bit of a backseat and find my hole where I can plug myself in because I'm not allowing or fostering creativity if I'm just getting up there and dictating. So it's, it's mm -hmm. taking a step back during the meetings, allowing other, other ideas to surface. And then if we're getting derailed, then I'm going to pull us back in and, and, you know, try to get us on task. But that's, that's how, you know, you really can let other people's input come in and that's, uh, you can get those really good ideas. Classic example, uh, we were on a, a meeting the other day where we have something we call the power wheel where it, it's all the, the different Rand family of companies. And we we're trying to think of a way to really allow people to have visibility to this. And it's like, do we do Rand family of companies? Do we do this? And so we're in one of these kind of brainstorming sessions. And, um, you know, Dylan, who's on our team said, what about Rand CRE, you know, Rand commercial real estate. And it was like, that has a really nice institutional ring to it. And, you know, it was available. We got the site. So you're going to see more stuff coming out from us that, you know, content from Rand CRE, from our family of companies. And so you go, you know, you'll be able to go to randcre.com and, you know, be able to see stuff from Rand Capital, Rand Partners, Rand Property Management, different infographics and things and how we are doing our business different. You know, they came up with one the other day, light, medium and heavy turns. So if you, Hey, if you want to go in and put 2000 bucks in a unit, what does it look like? And so we're doing infographics on that. In addition to that, we'll be shooting YouTube videos. So for folks out there, there it is for you. We can help them out. Boom. And this is free. You know, we're just, we're just serving the folks here, guys. So. That's awesome. Well, on that note, how can the listeners reach out to you? Yeah, I think the easiest way, you know, if you want to, you know, check us out from the education side, hit us up at jakeandgino.com. I know the guys are working on the Rand CRE site. Uh, we have the number one multifamily podcast on iTunes, Jake and Gino podcast. Check that out. The Honey Bee. The Honey Bee is coming. October, I think it's October 15th. So you're going to have to check that out. It's a parable. It's nothing like you've ever seen coming out of the real estate space. So I think it's going to be very interesting. Multifamily Mastery 3, October 19th, 20th in Orlando. I don't, I don't know what they're doing with promotions right now, but I guarantee there's some kind of promotion we can do for the listeners out there. I don't know if the GDAS is giving away 15, 25%, but uh, we can work that out for the listeners on the show. Um, you know, randpartnersllc.com. If you guys are looking to get into a deal, um, look, it's cash on cash return from day one, force and appreciation for tomorrow. So, boom, Jake, I love it. Instagram man. handle, Jake Stenziano at Jake Stenziano. Hit me up. <laughs> this is fun. This is a lot of fun. I know we could continue the conversation for much, much longer, but um, I want to be respectful of your time and I want to be respectful of Elevate Nation's time as well. But I want to, I want to thank everybody for listening. I definitely want to thank you, Jake, for being here. And I want to remind Elevate Nation, the key is repetition. I mean, you know, Jake's talking about reading books multiple times. I mean, if you listen to this show multiple times, you're going to get different nuggets, but you need to take massive action. You need to apply it immediately because the, that's the best way that you're going to learn. That's the best way that you're going to create lasting results. And so until next time, take massive action and, you know, share this with a friend. I mean, because look, there are so many people who are tolerating their life you know, get them to a point where they're willing to, you know, up level and raise the bar and elevate their own results. So again, until next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.